Hey, welcome back. It's episode 61, and Jen and I have just been uh, kind of reminiscing about last week's episode with Justin Grant. It was so fun to talk to him about the supernatural. And, you know, we were discussing our biggest takeaways, and one of my biggest ones was that you know, Justin said that everything is supernatural. So, um, you know, what we are familiar with seems natural. So (laughs) what seems impossible or unnatural is supernatural. And that's different for all of us. We all come from, you know, different backgrounds, different, um, experiences. And, you know, for me growing up in a church that was very much, you know, focused on theology, you know, the more experiential side of, spirituality seems supernatural to me, but just that realization that it's all supernatural, the, the, every aspect of, um, you know, theology, uh, experiential church, like it's all supernatural. And I think that's just such a cool way to look at it. Um, it's not that one is better than the other. It's that perfect mixture. And I, I love that way of thinking about it. Well, it's, it's how we're designed. Like we have, you know, the mental, side of it that we have to keep healthy. We have the emotional side that we have to keep healthy. And then we have, you know, there's all these other like relational aspects, but then there's our spirit that we're working to understand through all of this stuff that we're trying to learn. Um, But probably the favorite thing that I have remembered from our talk last week was, um, you know, asking Justin to define, how do you see the boundary of like, where's the healthy boundary Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of fear when it comes to supernatural because it's not your normal and anything that's not normal just seems weird. Right. And when things seem weird, people get a little bit spooked and freaked out. Like, Oh no, what, you know, what am I messing with? What am I doing? And he gave the illustration of a campfire and the campfire, meaning the gospel, like the, um, the surrender to, um, you know, Jesus giving his life and, that being a bridge between us and God that we don't have to live up to the, the list of perfection that, (laughs) that he knew we never would. Um, but it's like, you know, here's, here's the proof and you're loved and you're safe and you're protected and you're provided for. And he, you know, he used the illustration of the campfire. It's like, it gives us light. It gives us warmth. Um, and that's where we get our enlightenment Um, And that's where the unhealthy line is. If you start to venture away from the campfire and think, you know, this campfire is just tricking me or it's trapping me or it's um, controlling me or whatever. And you're like, I think there, you know, there's more out in the woods for me that is being hidden or being kept away from me. Um, And then we venture out there and it's like, you know, he talked about the, the childlike self that we give up to go and fend and protect ourselves out in the woods. And, Um, so, you know, how do you learn the things that are, are helpful to learn? There are tools out there, you know, our whole podcast is about kind of alternative tools to taking care of your mental and emotional health. So how do you balance learning these things that are there for our help while staying near the campfire and focusing on the main point, you know, like letting God be the, the protection and the provision and the enlightenment and the, the safety. 
Yeah. And you know, what it really comes down to when, as we've talked about it is that it's just, it's in our perception. If I feel like I have to run and hide to learn something, then I'm already assuming that God doesn't approve of it or won't like it. Mm -hmm. But the truth is God made everything in creation and set the universe in order. And when we study the order of the universe or how creation is here to help us, we're really just unpacking the wonder that God put into it. And that in in and of itself is a form of worship. If our awareness is there. Oh, I am such a science nerd. And whenever I unpack things and I just, you know, learn what's going on at the cellular level, or I'm studying how an essential oil, you know, made for a living plant works along with our living body in you know, the similar way, like it just, it's like explosions are going off in my head and I get so excited about it. And I'm just like, like he designed, like all of this is by design and it's just so cool. Like it just, it's definitely a sense of worship and appreciation for me. And so it's not about a list of spiritual practices that are against or, you know, within the the boundary of the rules. You know, there's a story about Moses in the Bible and um, God telling Moses and Aaron to throw down their staff and he was going to turn it into a snake. And I mean, that sounds pretty creepy. Like that sounds like straight up <laughs> like witchcraft magic. And but basically God told him to throw down the staff and then grab it. And it, it turned, he, God turned it into a snake. Well, then Pharaoh tells his magicians to also throw down their staff and turn it into a snake. And it was kind of like, oh yeah, you think your God's powerful. Well, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. And then God's snake, Moses' staff ate the magician's snake. <laughs> and So it was just showing that like protection is under God. And a lot of times things look, it's not what they look like on the outside. It's, are you under the wisdom and protection and provision in what you're doing? And to make sure you're not trying to manufacture the supernatural on your own and giving up all of that wisdom and protection and, and love. Right. Because, you know, you don't feel like you need the fake snake to get by in life. Sometimes people are afraid of what seems, you know, unnatural or supernatural and assume that it's not God. But God loves working in ways we don't understand. And, you know, when you think about the original deception, like when when Eve ate the the apple, um, that deception, you know, she fell for it based on the idea that she wanted to achieve being like God and getting access to all of his knowledge along with the wisdom, you know, that, that they needed. And it's when we go for that knowledge and don't stay under God's wisdom, you know, that we're trying to do life on our own, that life gets really heavy. And that's when anxiety and fear and shame and guilt and control and, you know, no protection, or you feel like, you don't have the provision or the support or you feel unloved. That's when all that creeps in because, you know, she already was like God. She was made in the image of God, but the whole deception was based on the idea that she needed something outside of herself mm-hmm. to get there. And that's the coolest thing. Like he, like he has put it all inside of us. And Justin, we talked about that with Justin last week. It is all inside of us. And like we frantically look around outside of us for, you know, signs of proof or some power to grab hold of or something. And we, we rarely stop and just quieten down and listen for it inside. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like, I know the moment I feel like something in my life isn't going well, and maybe it triggers uh, just a belief from childhood or my life that I've struggled with. It's like a weak spot. 
I immediately, I feel the panic rising and I'm like, oh no, how do I fix this? I need to fix this now. Like this can't go any farther. And then, you know, if you, it's an area that you've struggled with in the past, then all of those um, negative experiences are going to come back and tell you that you're defeated before you even get started. And so like, that's where I think people get to the place of, well, I don't know what to do. And I've done this a million times. So obviously I'm not going to have the answers. Let me go find somebody to tell my future to me. Like, let me get somebody to pull a card and tell me what my future is, what's going on inside of me Um, versus just stopping and slowing down and getting centered and getting that mental picture of where does it feel like I am? Like the word picture, like Val writes about in her book, Um, getting that word picture and saying, okay, God, this is how I feel. Can you give me some new wisdom on this situation? Is there anything I need to give up? Am I harboring some fear or some bitterness or some unforgiveness? Uh, Like I give all that up if you will just give me a clear picture of, of the truth, because I don't like these feelings of not feeling supported and protected and provided for and loved. So the ultimate goal really is like surrender. It's just getting back to that, that childlike self that is perfectly guided, cared for, supported, and loved. And in, in reality, in this life, we don't ever actually feel all of those things as children. Um, because you know, we live in the broken world. So we feel them on some Mm -hmm. extent, some basis, but we, (laughs) the funniest thing about kids is like, they don't see things as they actually are, you know, like they misinterpret everything. You ever listen to a kid sing a song? And <laughs> like kids misinterpret everything. And so we grew up our whole lives misinterpreting situations, conversations, song lyrics, and creating our own truth. That is not 100% accurate. And we don't even know it until we get older and start seeing what's rattling around in our brains. So we don't have to be like flat out venturing out in the woods alone, seeking all these answers and assuming that God is not providing us with what we need on the inside. Um, because that just kind of makes us feel like a rebel and it makes us feel angry and it makes us feel like they're, I don't know, it just makes you feel like you're fighting against something. And that's just not true. We can actually sit right in the warmth and light of our creator and explore all of the mysteries and wonders that are out there in the universe but right, right there in the warmth of the fire and learn how loved and cared for we are. We can sit in the warmth of the fire and do those things in the right order instead of feeling like we're running away and doing it on our own. Yeah. So once again, the ultimate goal in surrender, it is surrender, but also in surrender is to allow the spirit, you know, our truest self to be the purest expression of itself without all of the mental and emotional barriers that we create in thinking that we are just surviving life and fending for ourselves. And that, like you said, that starts when we're kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And it's interesting to talk to people um, who are dealing with certain things and, and you can hear as they're explaining the situation, like you can hear the child come out. Yeah. You know, like as they're talking about, it's like, Oh wow. That's, that's a wound from childhood that has never gotten stitched up Mm -hmm. because it either got misinterpreted or, you know, whatever that, that child side is so Mm -hmm. strong that we stick with. To me, I always notice it in myself when I feel powerless. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's when I start grasping for like, well, I need the right tool, the right something right. to fix this. And I negotiate the power that I already have inside of me that, um, I don't know, just got stuck in a habit of feeling like a child and immediately go back to that. Like, well, somebody out there 
like God needs to fix this or I need to go find my own ways of fixing it. It, it's not a good feeling. Um, so we're going to, you know, we talked with Justin last week and he's going to come back and we're going to talk more about what the spirit is and like kind of the dichotomy or the, you know, how do you dissect all of these parts of ourselves, our, our mental side, our emotional side, our um, spiritual side? Are they connected? How are they connected? Where do they connect? Where do they intersect? Um, but we're going to talk in our next episode just about what is the spirit. And we're going to break down how different cultures define it just by definition, what mm-hmm. they call it by name. And play, we're going to play around with just creating our own mental image and see our spirit with more wonder and clarity. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, seeing that side, uh, it takes a little bit of work to undo our busy minds. That is the work right there. That is the work. <laughs> yeah. And meditation is viewed in many different ways. In some senses, it just means to be quiet and empty the mind or, you know, practice mindfulness. But it can also be combined with the practice of emptying or becoming aware of thoughts um, and getting an objective point of view while actively instilling scripture or affirmations of truth while you're meditating. Yeah. So like pulling out or letting go of all of the, the junk, (laughs) but also knowing what you're planting back in there. Yes. Yes. And the challenge, (laughs) like I said a minute ago, the work of getting there is the slowing down of our brain. Cause I don't know about you, if you've ever sat down to focus on something and if my brain is all over the place, I mean, I I sit there and I just go focus, focus. (laughs) <laughs> I can't, like, I just can't corral it together. Like you realize you've been rabbit trailing all the. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, you know, research says that 90% of our thoughts in a day, which is like 12 to 60,000 thoughts in a day, 90% of them are the same thoughts as yesterday. Every day repeated like a broken record. We're just waking up to Groundhog Day we don't think so. Like it looks different on the outside, but the thoughts running in the background on the inside are 90% the same thoughts every day. And about 85% of all of our thoughts every day are negative. Crazy. They're not even aligned with the truth of who we are and who we're created to be. And this does not undo itself. It is, it is like a hamster wheel that just goes and goes if you let it. Gosh, it's, that's, those statistics are just crazy. Um, so sometimes, clearly, we need a little help slowing down. And essential oils can help us greatly with that. So uh, some of our favorites for slowing down the mind, being able to get into that place where you can really objectively look at, you know, how you're feeling and then plant some really good new thoughts in there <laughs> once you release um, the garbage that you're feeling. Uh, some of our favorite oils are cilantro. So you can put that on the lower back and that'll just kind of help you release toxicity. Um, Vetiver and lime are great to put on the bottom of your feet. That will slow you down. (laughs) Yeah, Vetiver to me is like, I mean, vetiver is a root, but when you put it on, it's almost just like this root that goes from your brain and just goes all the way down into the earth and just like locks you into place. Yeah. And that lime is super nourishing and it's, that's just such a good combo. And then wintergreen, you can put on the tops of your shoulders and wintergreen is awesome when you just need to let go and surrender. So tops of shoulders, great place to put wintergreen. I had a lot of wintergreen on yesterday and I felt like my only thought I could think, like if people asked me questions, I was just like, Oh, okay. 
whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and it wasn't apathetic. I was just, yeah. I was just at peace with myself. <laughs> I don't know. Not one uh, of my top favorite smells, but boy, when I, you know, surrender doesn't come super easy to me. So I end up reaching for the wintergreen often. Funny coincidence, huh? Not your favorite smell, not your yeah, favorite. I know, right? <laughs> um, and then a couple more are sandalwood and frankincense have both been used culturally and historically for people in meditation, just trying, you know, getting back to that mindful place of letting go of the, the busyness of their brain and slowing down. Um, putting it on the top of your head is good or inhaling it. And then another one that I really like, and I feel like this is kind of like heavy duty. Um, mm. You can do all of these together, actually. This makes a great protocol. Cilantro on your lower back, vetiver and lime on your feet, wintergreen on your shoulders, sandalwood, or both, maybe frankincense, on top of your head. And then the last one, yarrow palm, is like super deep. Um, and it's a good balance to use the yarrow palm with these others because you've got cilantro releasing toxicity, negativity, um, lime uplifting the heart and kind of inviting gratitude, um, stabilizing you with the vetiver, harmonizing with frankincense. So the reason I say to do those others before you do your palm is that it is like a deep dive right down to the middle of your brain, um, right down to like the middle of your, I guess, consciousness of what you're thinking and feeling. And that can be a scary place for some people. It's, it's not, it's not to me. I've gone down there with the flashlight enough now <laughs> proverbially <laughs> to look around and like, I know what's in there. I'm not really shocked by much of what's in there anymore, but you know, for whatever reason, when people are afraid to go through that process, um, yarrow palm might not be one that you start with because it, it does have some, does some heavy emotional work, but you've got to be willing to you know, be holding the flashlight to see what's in there. And it's not as horrible as you ever think. I promise. It's not. It's, we always imagine it's so much worse. I don't know why. Um, Uh, probably goes back to that. Like, you know, 80% of thoughts are negative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) That could be it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, try that protocol and just, I don't know, set a timer or or don't, don't, you know, give yourself some time, shut the bedroom door, go take a bath, whatever, or just give your brain some time to unwind and see what bobs to the surface. That's always the trick is you don't have to actively be like, well, what is this? What is that? What am I doing here? What was that thought? You just, you just see what comes to the surface. And that's the next, that is the layer that needs to be dealt with. Um, so we've got a cool study coming up. We haven't talked about this in a few weeks, but you know, Val just wrote a book designed for joy. And it's all about finding identity and tapping back into your joy and releasing these, you know, negative mindsets and things that we've been stuck in. And we have a study group. It's kind of a, I don't know, study groups, the right term for it, but just a group of women who have signed up to want to do this together. And we've got one or two spots left. I have to check. It may just be one, but maybe there's two, maybe we'll just make two since we said two. Yeah. And the study is going to be done by email. You receive the email every week and you do the the work of it in, at your own convenience with with our guidance like we'll have some stuff in the email to help you out to guide you through the book um, but what we're really excited about is that we're doing a, a virtual coffee chat with everyone to talk through what we're learning and growing through together because that's the actual 
you know, it's, it's good to do this work on your own and we need to do our like quote unquote homework, but it's coming together with other people who are being a mirror for you because people always see us more clearly from the outside than we see ourselves. Um, there's just, you just don't have, we don't have the full perspective. We only have that, that perspective looking out and we need the one looking back at us to, to balance it out. Um, so we're going to have more details about that going out this week, but you can go to Val's website, which is valpetty.com or rootedinlove.co, which is my website and sign up, or you can hit the podcast website up as valandjen.com. And all of those have a spot on the homepage where you can, you can sign up for the, um, for the study and we'll give you some more details via email next week. And we'd love to have you if this topic is something that you're committed to in your life, um, because that's what we're committed to. And we just love finding the other people out there who are also in it. You don't have to be as that crazy about it as us. You can be a beginner and that's okay. You don't have to be an expert. Um, it is our greatest desire just to help others find their personal power to get unstuck in things. We all have things we're stuck in and get into that flow that we were made for in this life. We were designed for joy. 